I'm Phil with Alpha Bow Hunting, and this is our new show, To The Point. Hi, welcome back to another episode of To The Point. Uh, Phil Mendoza here with Bo, and the topic of the show is going to be all about new bow selection, right? Um, so, a couple things just to, to give you, a, if you're not familiar with No Limits Archery, here in Denver, what, what we try to do when, when customers are looking for a new bow is take a lot of the bias out of it, right? The, yeah. the marketing, the propaganda, the whatever, the things you see on the crush hunting show or whatever, right? <laughs> it's We try to take that stuff out because that means little to nothing to you in the back end or the, at the end or your end goal, what it should be. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, Bo and I were actually just discussing before we started recording here was it's important to know if you're a new cut, if you're a new shooter that's never, that's never shot a bow. You're looking to buy your first bow. That customer, that perspective on purchasing a bow is very different from a, a customer that's looking to upgrade or get something more out of their system, right? Yeah. So, Bo, I mean, you deal with a lot more customers than I do anymore. I, I, I've been doing a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff at the shop, but you're here working with people daily and. Tell me what you. I mean, when somebody comes in the shop here, what's some of the, the the characteristics on a bow that we're trying to encourage them to look at and consider? Because if you put one of these bows in a shooting machine, they're all going to shoot. They're going to stack it up. Right? Yep, yep, exactly. Five hundred dollar bow, fifteen hundred dollar bow. It's always going to outshoot the, outshoot us. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. So, what are some of the other things when when a customer comes in? What, what are the main three or four things that you're actually encouraging them to consider? So, biggest thing um, for a brand new shooter is axle axle length. Um, a lot of, you know, for those of you that shoot a bow currently, you know, for the most part, the longer the bow is axle axle, the more stable it is. Okay, the easier it is to aim. that, hundred percent. Okay, um, the second biggest thing that I tend to tell people to look at is the brace height. Okay, the distance from the pivoting point of the grip to the string when the bow is not at full draw. The larger that is, generally the more forgiving the bow is. And it allows the bow itself to be a very stable, forgiving platform and allows people to, um, especially new shooters, um, to kind of shorten the learning curve, so to speak, um, and, and allow them to There's be... Missed our logo. Missed our logo for a few minutes. Slack it. I'm going to buzz myself <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it allows the newer shooter to generally shoot the bow well very quickly. I guess is the, is the best way to... to so some it. of those specs that are more forgiving to, to the shooter, right? Yeah. Off the initial platform. Yeah. Now, now, from a standpoint of, you know, the, the one point of contact, we, we coach a lot of this when we're talking into getting into form and shot sequence and, and grip. It, it, it's your grip, right? Yeah. You your, your hand is the first and last thing to give your arrows a direction. So, I mean, bef before you even draw the bow back, literally, as soon as you touch the bow, you've already given your, your arrows a direction. A lot of people don't think of it that way. Yeah. So myself, personally... Um, I'm a lot different than most. I don't overly worry about how the smooth the bow is when I draw it. Um, the back wall, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a minute, I've got a, my own particular style to that. Um, but the grip is basically my number one thing. If, if the bow naturally sits well in my hand and I'm incredibly comfortable with it, I'm really going to entertain the idea of hunting with that bow. So the, the grip... Which kind of lends itself into the balance of the feel of the bow, right? Yeah. So those two things are almost not, they're not one and the same. They're very different, yeah. but they're related. Yep. Um, and then, and like you said, Bo, the, the, the feel, the balance, how it holds it in your hand. 
terminology-wise, some of these terms um, we'll get into more as we start talking about what gives your bow a stable feel, right? So the hold, like Bo's referring to, yep. and the feel, some of those things are, I don't want to say advanced, they're just understanding why and where they come from. But some of the other things, it's, uh, you know, how about when they start shooting it, right? What are they, what are they, when they actually start shooting the bow, you already mentioned yeah. draw cycle a little bit. Yeah, so how, how, now granted, if I put three different bows in your hand, yeah. all at 70 pounds, okay, weight-wise, they're 70 pounds, but they all feel differently. One bow may feel harder to draw than another bow, right. okay, at the exact same weight, and that refers to draw force curve. I'm not going to get into that. That's a little bit... You know, it's, it's, it's real like more of the advanced side of things but some bows take a lot of energy to get the cams rolling over very early some bows it's more towards the end and because of that location um you know whether it's earlier end will make a bow feel easier to draw or harder to draw. And, and it's here's there's not a right or wrong answer because like what Bo was talking about he personally puts that draw force or that that what it feels like to draw the bow back lower on the priority level yeah focuses more on grip and balance okay yep. somebody else maybe they've got a shoulder issue and their primary uh reason for new boat is specifically that right yep. i need it to be smooth on the draw cycle all the way through yep. so those characteristics there's trade-offs the smoother a bow is typically you're losing a little bit of performance typically, typically not always not always yeah but and then on the, on the flip side the more aggressive it is usually it's because it's storing more energy and it's it, going to give you a little yeah and, and when we're saying performance we're not saying specifically like arrow speeds um you know or, or excuse me energy um when we say performance um one of the aspects it, it's it's one of the aspects but we're not when i say this bow doesn't have the same performance as another bow it doesn't it doesn't mean it's slower or less accurate um it just may be what's the best way for me to explain it um that, that, that i guess it, it, it's complicated it's but it's very complicated. one of the components of it yeah so there's that's the thing with with compound bows and archery if you're a new shooter looking to get into a bow i would say that Look at less of the um, the sexy things, right? This bow is IBO is this or it's that. Get the bow in your hand, feel it, see what it feels like. You need to be able to shoot a bow. If you can't get to a, a pro shop or a, wherever you're going to to shoot to demo shoot bows, and they don't let you shoot them, yeah. find a place that'll let you shoot them. You're spending anywhere between three hundred and two thousand dollars on a bow. You need to be able to cycle it, see what it feels like, see what it sounds like. Yeah. Is this bow really loud? Now things to take into account. We put some of these bows have whisker bits for the rest. Most of the mm -hmm. demo bows we're moving into putting that Hamsky style, the Hamsky limb driven rest. Yep. You know, we run some vapor trail rests on there as well. Yep. Um, so we're really trying to put a better finished product for the overall experience because on the sound, on the balance, on the feel, um, those things are important when you're demo shooting a new bow. Mm -hmm. The other thing is hand vibration right yep. it's it's uh it's some of these bows buzz a little bit more than others yeah some, of some you, guys like that some guys don't yeah some some guys you put a, yep. there's some bows you put a stabilizer on it cleans it up yep. minimizes it yep. but all that being said the things in our opinion to, to know is if you're a new shooter it's important to shoot as many different bows as you can shoot even if you think a bow is outside of your price range shoot it because at that point, you may say, you know what, I really like that bow. I can't afford it right now, but now I know it's there. And maybe you say, I'm going to actually, not, I'm not even going to spend $600 starting point. I'm going to go get the $450 bow because I'm going to save a little more money now because I know within a year or two, I want to be able to upgrade to that other bow, right? So keep everything in perspective. At the same token, 
and if you're a new shooter, like I said, don't get. We encourage you to not try to not get caught up on on the on the sexy specs. Feel, uh, draw cycle if that's important. You noise, weight, balance, all those things. So now we take it into the sexy second step. If you're an existing shooter, and let's say you're looking to get something specific out of your system, maybe you haven't bought a new bow for four or five six years, and you say, man, my bow is really smooth, it's really quiet, but I'd really like to be able to shoot. 50 to 60, 70 grains heavier of an arrow and still kick it at the same speed, if not faster, right? Yeah, in some instances you can. Yeah, so yeah. And, and that's one of those characteristics. Now you're looking at possibly brace height, specifics on brace height. Yeah. Maybe you're looking specifics on a cam design that's going to even lend itself to be more uh, a higher performing bow. Yeah. And so there's those characteristics. So now you can specify one or two aspects, put those as primary, and then you can kind of let the other ones fall where they may. One of the biggest things that, you know, and this is going to kind of lead into the next topic and our first customer question we're going to get into with on the next segment, but um, hopefully it's the next segment because if we flip one more in between, right? But it's coming up. The feel of the back wall. Some, you know, some customers and, and archers don't understand how that, why it's important and why, and you need to know, um, where it fits into the equation of, 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 of so many things, right? What we're going to start with is, you know, we've got a, an elite ritual here, limb stop bow. And what we mean by that is when you see the, li- the, the stops that are on the cam positioning to dictate where, it, where the bow stops at full draw, mm-hmm. this one stops back on the limb. Right? Yep. yep, so the stop, you know, you draw the bow back, obviously the camera rotates, the stop's going to rotate around, contact the limb, okay? It's going to give you a very solid... Um, what most people would say is super solid back wall, but the reason for it is you're coming onto a hard surface, yeah. okay? Um, something that is now literally the, rock There solid. is usually a little bit of a rubber kind of component to this, yeah. so you have a very, very little or minimal yeah. uh, feel like, uh, re- not resistance, but movement in there once it hits that stop. Yeah. Right? So go ahead and bow, draw, draw that bow back, and I know if you're on camera watching, yeah, I mean, we're going sure to just try to illustrate this as best we can. So when Bo's drawing this bow back, and you see the, the, the limb stops actually on this bottom one, and they're both on the other yeah. side of the bow. Bo. I can turn. So let's go ahead, <laughs> let's go ahead I and can uh, turn. So this limb, obviously this limb stop comes back and it hits here like you said. A couple things to consider when you're shooting this, this type of system. So you can go ahead and relax, Bo. This is a personal opinion, but this is also something that's coached as you get into USA archery and, and different philosophies. You want to be able to have slight, sorry, well, slight um, expansion into your shot, right? Mm-hmm. So with a system like this, I'm going to say that this type of system lends itself well to that shooter that draws back, engages in the back wall, sits there, and shoots more like a punch or a command shot. Yeah, because you're not dependent on the expansion of your your body and form into the shot. Yeah, you yeah. can command what, the release to go. What I've what I've personally experienced um, demo shooting bows with limb stops. Myself personally, I love to shoot a hinge style release, yeah. and that you know that type of release, I need to be able to expand to the shot. I've found with the limb stop, I start to shake 
just ridiculous. Tremble. Ridiculous amount of trembling because I have no room to go, nowhere to go. So let's transition into to the, the next model bow here. We've got a horse. This board. one I got stops on the other side. All right. So so you, you when you draw this bow back, the stops that are up here on the position of the camp, they're going to come back and they're going to contact the yep. cables. Okay, top and bottom. And and so when when you go ahead and draw this bow, when you draw this system back, and these stops hit the cables. Because that cable is the is basically made of the string material that, that's on on there with the string, mm -hmm. you've got a little bit of give. So go ahead and give a little push pull on that bow, so you can kind of see the bow's pulling hard on that back wall. You've got a little bit of give. Now that's this dramatic with how much he's pulling. You're not going to pull that much, most likely, into the back wall. So when somebody says, "Oh, that bow has a squishy back wall feel," because you're pulling into the cable stops, I argue that depending on your shooting style and your release, yep. This system could lend itself better to that type of shooter that expands into the shot, uses the expansion of the shot, whether due to a hinge, a tension, to get that shot to fire. Yep, right? and, and Bo and I both shoot a hinge, and we both shoot a cable stop bow. Yeah. And I'm 100% I'm in agreement with I think we both bow. tried bows with limb stops. And I couldn't. What it comes down to is your hold again, right? The yep. hold pattern, and when I'm, when I'm looking at, when I'm trying to articulate this, what I see my pins doing, the pin movement is different, is very different on these two types of bows yep. when you have a finished product and you're shooting or aiming on a target. Yep. Because as you add, as you pull into that back wall, what's happening is if you do look at the draw force curve as they peak up and they go down, it starts to build back up. You're adding resistance, and anytime you add a resistance or more weight, you're usually, you're usually actually tightening up a hold, right? Yeah. You're making it smaller, you're making yep. it tighter. Yep. Less of a like a empty a, float. A empty float. Yep. Not to say you can't get that with a cable stop. Yeah. I mean a limb stop bow. We're not in any way, shape, or form saying that one stop is no. drastically better than another. They're both great systems. It's it's more understand your shooting style, because I've had friends that shot limb stop bows great, and then they wanted to change brands and, and go into a, a cable stop bow, and they didn't shoot it as well, and it's be mostly because of the style of shooter they and are. what i would suggest for a lot of you out there as well if you have already have a bow that has both options um and some bows do some bows you can run a limb stop and a cable stop um together independently try it all yeah. try if you already have that bow and you've been shooting it with limb stops for a year put the cable stops in it pull the limb stops off and try, and try it because you may find that one lends itself better than the other and even accuracy wise because it's not so much necessarily just the feel. Maybe even the feel of just getting your shot to go off is smoother yeah. or it's more consistent, and, and maybe it translates into accuracy. Yeah. One more thing that I want to touch on here as we start progressing into new setups. You go into demo, shoot a new bow. You want to f get a feel for stuff. Obviously, like I said, these are some of the features, some of the things that we try to teach the shooter, the new shooter or existing shooter, and help them walk them through their decision-making process. The holding weight of a bow is very important, and that's going to lend itself into the next topic. The difference that you've got here is both systems can be modified slightly yeah. to, for, for holding weight, right? Some yeah. have different modules. Some with the, with the limb stop, you can rotate the limb. The thing is, is and again, as, it, as they let certain bows lend themselves better to certain style releases, in my opinion. That's just that's an opinion, but that's I think 
most of I us are on the same agree opinion. With that to it. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's another characteristic to think about. If you like attention style release, a pull through, right? That that Stanislavski perfect, that that tension. The perfect resistance, the element, uh, that Carter revolution. I've seen as we've been because we've been running a ton of people through our workshops with those classes and these and setting their releases up to their yep. bows. Typically, what you see with attention style release, I think it's recommended. You check your your uh, your holding weight. Yeah. Right. Check and the holding weight of the bow. For example, if you're drawing a 70 pound bow, 80 percent let off cam you're only holding 14 ish 15, 15 pounds, pounds right yep. you set that tension release to go off about 17 18 pounds in that range de depending depending upon the person and depending on the limb style the, the style of stops Stop. on a bow a cable stop style bow you can set it in that two and a half to four pound range over usually as a starting point yeah in that and obviously as as the poundage is lower then obviously you're not going to give it as much of an increase but I've noticed on a limb stop bow, you almost have to set it four to five pounds heavier to start. It, to start, because as soon as you hit that back wall, when you see what a draw force curve has, it peaks, dips into the valley. With the limb stop, it builds quickly. Yeah, incredibly quick. I it, mean, it's, it's almost it. instantaneous. You get back with the tension style release, and you engage in your anchor point, and you release that safety. If there's not enough tension on the spring to hold the holding weight, shot goes off fires. What you're gaining with... Uh, a limb stop bow is it builds poundage yep. so in some cases that's why i say attention release actually lends itself easier to learn i'll say that right maybe it's yeah. easier to learn on a cable stop bow I, and I think i think a lot of that has to do with how fast that poundage builds it's a very gradual build so you can feel your your you can feel the shot you can feel it transition correct okay from just your standard holding weight at full draw and at anchor um, and then slowly feel that build as you're engaging the shot, uh, engaging your shoulders in the shot, where in a limb stop bow, because it builds so quickly, in my opinion, when I've tried it, I feel like as soon as I start trying to engage a shot, it's, it's instantly gone and I don't feel that transition, um, which m makes it kind of, um, in my opinion, hard for me to learn because I can't feel it. Yeah, and it's it's that one component that the, the stop is giving you that back wall feel, solid yep. back wall, soft back wall, whatever. That, I mean, I think I think realistically, guys that have been shooting for a long time with a limb stop, they shoot a cable stop bow and they're going to say it's soft. Yeah. When in entirely, in all entirety, there's some cable stop bows out there that, in my opinion, have a very soft back wall, but most of them are more than adequate and he, here's the other thing to consider too obviously you start talking about adding there's things that you can do to modify a cable stop bow how it feels to ha see how it feels and this is something that really i think we do a good job of is trying to help explain people is some of those characteristics because the leverage point which is a stop against the whatever component the limb or the cable Obviously, you have less variables on a on a limb stop bow. It kind of is what it is, right? Yeah. You've got the stop position to move to adjust it. Yeah, advance the stop forward for for more holding weight. Back it off for less holding weight. You but can the tweak. wall itself is will always be as hard. Correct. I mean, you can tweak cam rotation slightly, but at the same time, and all that's gonna you can affect your holding weight a little bit. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're still a limb stop bow, right? Yep. Always on the cable stop bow, like like Bruce said, you you can actually you got some some other leverage points. Yep. They're, they're aftermarket draw stops. That's one thing, right? What about if somebody somebody's looking for more holding weight and 
let's say that the strands on the on a on a cable are 24 strands you can increase you can get custom strings built at 26 28 strands and add tension add lateral lateral tension so as it's pushing on that 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 that, that cable you add strands to that it adds strength and rigidity and you've got more you got a harder back wall you've got more yeah. holding weight right yeah. so there's things that you can do but a lot of times people don't know how to ask the right questions and they they don't actually know what's causing this feel or that what I'm seeing in my pins yep. is causing that, right? This equals that. And that's where there's there's questions that are intimidating in archery. Yeah. And we would like to hopefully break down some of those um, issues by A, talking about them, if there are things that we, for us it comes second nature because we know we've worked on it, we, we know how to tweak our own system, and we build our own boat to our own personal liking. At the same token, if you don't know how to get from point A to point B, you know that something's not right. There's things in a bow, on a brand new bow, nothing wrong with a brand new bow, right? It's supposed to be perfect out of the box. Fresh out of the box, right? yeah. But we'll sit and monkey on things and tweak it and add some rotation or, or, or maybe one stop to advance a little bit more than the other or whatever the case is. There's things you can do to modify that back wall feel. And go ahead, go ahead and wrap up with the last kind of topic on, on, on this to, to close out this episode. Yeah, I mean, well, kind of going back to adjusting the bow and how it feels I, I don't remember the last time I've grabbed a bow fresh out of the box and just set it up and shot it that way yeah. I, I've always changed something sure. and it's because I do know what I'm what I'm looking for in the field now for guys out there that don't know 100% what they're looking for obviously like I said if you have a bow that has both stops use both stops try them both um, in some instances, you know, maybe on your next set of strings, if you have the ability, add a couple strands. If you're going to yeah. do a custom set, um, or, or the, it, the possibilities are endless. I mean, you can, you know, short. We didn't even say it. Um, you know, talk about it. But in some bows that use cable stops, if you want more holding weight, you can short peg it. Yep. Um, which I'm not a huge fan of. Bill's done it in I've the past, it. yep. and it's worked well for him. But I've done um, it on a lighter poundage bow, like on a 60 to 65 pound target bow, yeah. that I wanted that certain feel. Because I personally, my hunting bow that I set up, I set it up for a specific feel on the back end that's directly related to my holding, holding weight. weight. I do the same. Yeah. That's, that's why a lot of the times my hunting bows have been getting kind of higher and higher in poundage. As layoff has been go, getting as, as higher, the right? layoff has been getting higher, yeah, without doing like a drastic alteration to the bow, I've just kind of, I mean, now I'm not going to say that shooting more draw weight doesn't suck sometimes. Yeah, it, I mean, can. some I've, I've got a couple you know, 80-pound bows. Some of them are drawn a little heavy. And at the end of the day, sometimes it's just, you shoot that bow, it, it, eventually it gets to the point where it's, it's not as fun, but um, the holding weight is is what I was looking for, and it really bumped up my accuracy. And I would rather deal with a little bit more draw weight personally to have the hold where I need it to be and have the accuracy that I want. And I and I'm gonna be. I, I've said it before. I mean, I, I I think I wrote it in in that first booklet I wrote with targeting buck fever. Your holding weight is a direct correlation, or one of the issues that actually can cause some target panic anxiety issues too high if it's too high and i don't and not only that from a stabilization standpoint like I said, as we get further into this topic and this discussion with in regards to build and feel and what what causes on the setup and what causes something on the on the next progression or the, the finished end on the aiming or the accuracy um more holding weight is better in my opinion and what i mean by that is uh or, uh 
more more let off is not necessarily a good thing. You see some of these bows coming out at 85 to 90 percent let off. I personally think that's a bad thing for accuracy. Yeah, and you and we feel can, the same way. Yep, yeah, we can talk about that on the next. Yeah, yeah. So we'll sure. get more into that in depth, but. Like I said, just to understand some of the terminology, some of the things to be considering as bows start coming out, because we're excited. Like I said, some of the bows have started to come out. More will be coming out here in the next few days to weeks, and we'll definitely dive into some of the new builds, some of the features, and talk about some of the new technologies, right, as we get geeked out on that. But let's go ahead and uh, close out this. And once again, you know, we're always fueled by gummy bears. So anybody that wants to get in our good graces and maybe get a question answered on the show. I'm not saying you can bribe us, but (laughs) gummy bears might be a good way to to get your question up there. So um, thanks for checking us out, and we'll we'll see you on the next episode.